Algar Productions. Algar Productions. This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Hi, yes, hello, welcome to the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. I'm Matt Robotham. And, hey, Al, why are the unpaid voice acting players all up on stage here with us? Hmm? All the guys, the voice guys, they're standing right in front of us. I thought you said this was the one place we could get away from all these jerks. Matt, when you have problems this deep, nowhere is safe. But we're here for you, buddy. What the hell are you talking about? Does someone want to begin? I'll go. Uh, Matt, when you lie, it brings shame to your family. Oh, like my family's not already ashamed of me. I meant us, your podcasting family. That's why my real family's ashamed of me. Your lies dishonor us, Matt. Are you accusing me of stealing a small plastic lizard? Ah, fuck it. Who thought this was a good idea anyway? Come on now, we promised we would all do this together. No judgments. Keep it to I statements. Um, I judged him like 15 years ago. I find him to be wanting. Why am I here? Where's my dinner? Someone else then. Matt, we've been friends for a very long time. I consider you one of my closest and dearest companions, but this lying... It needs to stop, Matt. You can't go on like this. Wait, lying? What lying? Don't act like you don't know this hurts us. What? Everyone loves my lying. We used to have a whole segment about that until I told you all it burned down. Matt, nobody cares about those lies. Well, which lies? It's a pretty elaborate web, you guys. Let's just go ahead and start the show. This could take a while. Enjoy our little skits and spoofs, everyone. Adventures of Nick and Willikins. When we last saw Willikins, he was being carried off, quite against his will, by an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonator. We join him now in the lair of his captor, a mysterious featureless room with flat displays on every surface and no apparent entrance or exit. Who are you talking to? Terribly sorry, force of habit, you know. Turns out I've grown quite accustomed to having my experiences narrated. Oh, fan of exposition, are you? That works out nicely because I have a lot of information to impart to you right now. What's happened to your comically exaggerated Austrian accent? Oh, that was a necessary ruse. Ah, but there's no time for silly accents now. I've been saying that for as long as I can remember. Indeed? Uh... Yes, indeed. Oh, indeed! Are you going to tell me what exactly we're talking about, or shall I guess? I've played this game with Master Nick, and in my experience it can be a bit... time-consuming. Oh, but that's just it, my good man! Time and memory and Master Nick! Those rather heady concepts form the foundation of the reason I have brought you here! I thought you said that Master Nick was in danger. Do you recall? Oh, no, it must have been a... Let's see now. I carry the root of negative one. You carry the pirates. Oh, about three years ago, from your frame of reference, you and young Nick went on an extraordinary adventure. I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to be a bit more specific. Master Nick would describe, and has described, being inside a cardboard box as an adventure. Oh, specific, right. Fine, I can do that, but we really must hurry! Oh, you've other people to bark madness at. On a schedule, are you? The incident to which I'm referring began in... 
uh, late 2012 by your calendar, uh, whilst engaged in some elaborate courtship preparation ritual, you and Nick and a number of other inhabitants of Nick Hall were pulled backward in time to the Victorian era. I believe that rings a bell, yes. Good! Now we're getting somewhere... Oh, blast! There isn't time to tell you more. I shall have to endeavor to remember to assemble a media presentation to explain the rest. Endeavor to remember to assemble. Quite a lot of infinitives for a single statement. Ah, there it is. Infinity is my business, good fellow. I'm a time traveler, you see. And now I must bid you a temporary adieu. This videotape I made in a few weeks will explain the rest. Watch it. I will have returned soon! Well, this all seems extremely legitimate. Now, where on earth should I put... Ah, this must be it. This video cassette recorder labeled Primitive Video Machine for that thick fellow from the past. You know, that butler. It's just nice to be included, I suppose. Situated in the rollingest and greenest of England's rolling green hills in historic Artford Flandingshire upon Thames, Nick Hall is at once a monument to wealth and class and a baffling mystery unto itself. Good to see that our narrator was able to secure further employment. For though these sainted halls have been home to the mighty Nick dynasty since the late 19th century, there is no apparent record of its existence prior to that. Well, I was just tending my sheep, I was, but all of a sudden I heard something around the back garden. I keeps myself to myself. Fighters, but a body tends to notice a thing like an entire great hall appearing as if out of nowhere. Transported there from the future via means that cannot be adequately explained, Nick Hall and its inhabitants became a paradoxical Ouroboros with no clear beginning or end. In the early 21st century, Nick Hall had existed for centuries, but only by going back in time in its current form and becoming the very hall that would then exist for centuries. Yes, this all makes perfect sense. I'm glad that time traveler fellow took the time to produce this documentary to clarify matters. Listen, I can't explain this any more clearly. Oh good, and now we're doing this old gag. Perhaps the most paradoxical of all, in 1884, Nick managed to become his own great-great-great-grandfather. Via surreptitious time travel, it was confirmed that this conception did indeed take place. I'm not sure I really need to hear... There now, Lady Beatrice, if you would be so kind, please present your reproductive organs. No, no, don't open your eyes. Just, uh, there we are. That's a good lass. Now lie back and think of England. Thank heavens, this is only an audio recording. Soon after, by a similarly mysterious means, Nick returned to the 21st century with one of his manservants. Who remembers which? Whom, indeed. But the deed had been done. Lady Beatrice remained behind in the Victorian era, pregnant with Nick's child. That child would one day father another, and another, and so on, until Nick himself was born in 1977. He would eventually grow up, in a manner of speaking, and travel back in time to the 1800s to begin the cycle again. And thus, with each iteration of the cycle, Nick's DNA became a sort of feedback loop, an endless perpetuation of inbreeding that rivals even the most noble English families. This explains so much, but what? Quiet, there's more. I do beg your pardon, videotape. In 1914, Nick's first-generation heir gave birth to a woman named Cassandra. What? Cassandra married a man named Nigel in 1944. This can't possibly... And, 
1957, Apparently it can. Cassandra gave birth to a son, whom she named Willikins. Both parents died not long after, and young Willikins was adopted by an interdimensional adventurer known as the Colonel, which makes... I know what it makes. There's really no need to say it. I'll be turning this blasted machine off now. Nick is your biological grandfather! Well, I'm off to be sick until the end of time. As a species, human beings have accomplished a great deal in our short time on this planet. Waffles, for instance, and the Large Hadron Collider. But despite our indisputable accomplishments, the universe is still largely a mystery to us. Questions such as, who is the universe? Where is the Big Bang? And how is lunch? Plague even the most ponderous of thinkers. Except for me, of course. Hello, I'm Pierre von Frankbob, the world-renowned mushroom physicist. I've been awarded the Nobel Prize for my silent telephone, the Notel Prize for my ability to keep secrets, and the Noel Prize for most Christmas cheer, mushroom physics division, six years in a row. But I'm best known for my grand unified theory, which has been hailed by the elderly as the thrilling return of the word grand to the common vernacular. I will now present to you some of the fascinating knowledge that mushroom physics has unlocked in the standard did you know format, despite the obvious fact that you did not know any of it because you're not a genius like me. Did you know that everything we see around us, people, steel construction girders, bathtubs filled with sand, is made up of seven fundamental particles? These particles are, in order from least to most delicious, electrons, neutrons, gluons, quarks, roms, nogs, positrons, chronotons, crutons, tachyons, verterons, and Tom Bergeron. Particle flavors can include up, down, charmed, straight, and ranch. Did you know that the universe is shaped exactly like the letter I, with a heart in the place of the dot? This has led some scientists to speculate that we were created by an omniscient 13-year-old girl in study hall. Did you know that it's entirely possible to bend, or even break, the fundamental laws of physics? And also that it's possible to have these violations expunged from your record? Most judges will overlook a first offense. The worst-case scenario is a little community service where you spend one weekend a month picking up stray particles on the side of the universe. Did you know that the C in E equals MC squared stands for light? As a patent clerk, Einstein was well aware that the letter L was the intellectual property of the powerful financier JP Morgan, so he was forced to use a different letter. His attempts to convince people to start referring to it as the speed of clight were ultimately unsuccessful. And finally, did you know that, thanks to the laws of probability, which literally no human who ever existed truly understands, and the uncertainty principle, your socks don't actually exist? It's true! Look down at your feet if you don't believe me! These are just some of the many wondrous facts I have uncovered about the universe. You may think that science is all about naming distant space rocks after characters on Huckleberry Hound, but we can do other things too. Glorious, fantastic things. Try picking up a goddamn book sometime if you don't believe me. Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. 
Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. China, the late 13th century. The merchant Mafio Polo brought his young son Marco. Wait a moment. We've done this one already. The boy jumped in the pool. We ended on a terrible Marco Polo joke. It was episode uh, 154. You might not remember all that, but I do. I am the history narrator, after all. All right. Now that the whole swimming pool business is behind us. Is someone going to bring me a towel? Marco, where are your manners? I must have left them in Italy. You're dripping all over the mighty Khan's rug. Is this a rug? I thought it was a dead animal. Uh, It's both, actually. That mighty beast. I think they call him uh, bears or something. I was killed by my grandfather, the great Genghis Khan. I had no idea. I mean, I'd heard of Genghis Khan. Everyone has. I haven't. Quite. But I had no idea that he was your grandfather. Yeah, well, the hint is right there in the name. I carry it with pride. Yes, sir, you don't see me going around calling myself uh, John Harrison. What an odd thing to say. He was quite an extraordinary man. If he was so great, where is he now? Well, you know, it's funny. He died some time ago, but nobody can quite agree on how it happened. That's not funny. One story has it that he was as he tended to be on his horse one day. Sire! Sire! Mighty Khan! Ah, Yellow Chukai, my most trusted advisor. Your counsel's been invaluable to me, lo, these many years. Speak, and I shall hear your wisdom. Sire, might we stop the procession of horses for just a moment so that I may impart this advice to you? What? Stop the procession? You might as well say stop murdering so many people that the resulting loss in carbon actually affects the climate. Oh, seriously, look it up. Actually, sire, I was indeed going to suggest that we perhaps curb the more murderous impulses of you and our horde. Ah, here we go. It's just that, well, sire, if we were to say tax the people in the villages we're passing through. Ah, 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 swarming through. Swarming, yes, if we were to tax them, I think that maybe we could... Sire, watch out for that... He fell off his horse? Marco. Uh, Although, my boy does have a point. Falling off a horse isn't exactly the most dignified end for the greatest emperor in all of recorded history. (laughs) Well, you're not wrong. Well, there is another story. Ah, another province conquered. Even now, at the relatively advanced age of 65... The spoils of conquest are as sweet as ever. Sire, might I present you with this lovely young princess? You may not get your hands off of me. (laughs) She's a feisty one. Oh, come now. You're now a subject of the mighty Genghis Khan. Furthermore, your beauty and nobility has earned you a place in His Majesty's harem. You should consider yourself honored. Come over here and, uh... Show me how honored you are. Make no mistake, if you take that thing out, I will chop it off. Thing? What thing? Oh, this thing? Look out! 
Ouch! She has a dagger! Valon Morgales! Sire, your testicles. Yeah. It's no big deal. I didn't need... Wow. None of our European stories have such strong female protagonists. That was fantastic. Except for the part where my ancestor was brutally murdered, right? Right. Of course. Mmm. Oh, I'm just yanking your chain. It is pretty exciting, I have to admit. I'm surprised you don't have any statues or memorials to your ancestor here at Xanadu. Yeah, old Genghis wanted his final resting place to be kept a secret. What's the point of a resting place if nobody even knows where it is? Oh, we know where it is. It's just not marked. What they did was they murdered a camel on the spot and they made its mother watch, right? What? That's horrible. Marco. What did I tell you about respecting other cultures' beliefs? No, it was, it was pretty brutal, <laughs> even by the standards of Grandpa Genghis. But I gotta hand it to him. That Mother Camel leads us right to the spot whenever we want to visit the grave or pay our respects. Well, I guess that's what they mean by corpse humping, huh? Because the Campbell has a hump. His grandfather is a corpse. Or something. All right, that's it. You jumped in my swimming pool and I looked the other way. You continually insulted and disrespected my title and I blew it off. But this is where I draw the line. Guards, take this boy away and murder him. Slowly and painfully. Mighty Khan, please. There must be something I can... Nah, Dad. He's right. I totally have this coming. Some call it a gimmick. Others a theme. Whatever yours is, it needs to be unique, and it needs to be easy to explain. No one has time to listen to your lengthy, superfluous backstory, nor do they wish to decipher the meaning behind some arcane or irrelevant symbol. One look at you should be all anyone needs to know what you're all about. Then you'll have time to concentrate on what's truly important. Your scheme. Now then... Can anyone provide me with a personal example of what they think is a good gimmick? Anyone? Anyone at all? Yes. You, sir, in the front row, with the yellow boots and, uh... All right, just the boots. My name is Dr. Nudity. Excellent. That required no explanation at all. And your costume, or uh, lack thereof, is a crime in itself. Someone else? The green fellow here in the front corner. I am Hydrox. I am the fish who walks like a man, or the man who walks like a fish. No man or fish can say. Clever, but much too long-winded. I like that Hydro in there. Greek is always good, but you sound like an off-brand sandwich cookie. Keep working at it. Any more volunteers? You, sir, the man with the, uh, fish for a head. I'm John Fish. Capo of the Underwater Mafia. Oh, hey, I have an application to know those guys. Is it with the fish people today? Sorry, did you say John Fish? All due respect, sir, that's not the most imaginative... No, see, it's pronounced fish, but it's spelled G-H-O-T-I. G-H is in tough, O is in women, and T-I is in nation. G-H-O-T-I. Fish. So it's both an acknowledgement of the particular aquatic creature that serves as my fully functioning head. Yes, I see. And also a reference to the famous head of the Gambino crime family. It's a bit of a reach, though. Well, you'd think so, but the cops in my precinct are big crossword puzzle guys, so... Ah, so it's a sort of regional inside joke. I mean, 
Yeah, I guess. I thought it was pretty clever. It does help call attention to an important concept. Frame of reference. Mr. Goaty here might, uh... It's pronounced fish. If you're content with setting your sights on just one small corner of a city, a brand with local appeal is definitely a smart option. But the thing that separates supervillains from, well, just plain villains, is broad appeal. You have to get that message out quickly and simply. Someone else. I have been silent long enough. I will now be heard. Yes, all right, you, sir. Once I was but a humble cutlery salesman. Do you remember what I said about long-winded? Yes, yes. <laughs> a cutlery salesman roped into selling steak knife starter sets to be curlered house fraws and stay-at-home weed dealers. Sir. Curse your eyes, Visor? What the cunt does that thing even do? So there I was, in deep to the... To a certain aquatic-based crime organization for, for upwards of three whole figures. Their goons had cornered me. There was nowhere to go but down. Down into the murky, fumy depths of a giant drum labeled Danger Chemicals. No cola, not even a, a line break, just Danger Chemicals. Closing his eyes, he plunged into the filth, was mild-mannered utensil pusher Ken O'Pennerman. Opening his eyes after the mutation had taken hold was Ken O'Pennerman. All right, moving on. Yes, sir, you here with the fruit on your head. Find a sweater, friends. Mine is a tale that will chill you to the very bone. For I am he who is known as Melonhead, the soulless and the seedless. What hideous disfigurement or horrible secret lies beneath the fleshy green protection of my melon mask? Only Melonhead knows for sure. This is f fuck absurd. Surely we're not expected to continue listening to this d drivel. Do your job. Belittle this man and all he stands for and continue the lecture. Please, sir, just because we're all evil here doesn't mean we need to be disrespectful. Yes, please be respectful. I've been practicing this speech for a very long time. You clearly have not been practicing in front of a mirror or else you'd realize how ridiculous you look. Okay, now, let's not say anything we'll regret. The only regrettable thing in this room is your choice of costume. I mean, honestly, you just put a watermelon over your head, cut a couple of cunting eye holes. Who's your arch nemesis, G Gallagher? That's it. I've had it with you. I'm gonna kill you, you... Not so fast. For upon my sinister utility belt of helpful kitchen accessories is... Here we go. This, the Cutco Melon Baller. Well, I hope you're proud of yourself. <sighs> I am. But what I'm particularly proud of is this. The crown jewel of our collection. Security! Now, you may be thinking, but can't open a man. That's just a normal steak knife. And that's where you'd be wrong. You see, Cutco's patented double DS. I mean, there's evil and then there's evil, you know? So yeah, I can't wait until that new all-female Ghostbusters movie comes out. Right? The original movie's a classic, but it'd be nice to see someone who looks like me strap on the proton packs. I mean, Bustin' is supposed to make you feel good, right? It's right there in the song. Shouldn't we be allowed to feel good? Hold it! Stop that conversation. Who are you? I'm Neckbeard. 
the Mansplainer. He's Neckbeard, the Mansplainer, throwing out truth bombs. He's not afraid to contradict a woman, even his mom. If you'd only give him a chance, he'd be happy to cuddle you. He rides into town to stop the SJWs. Neckbeard. Milady. Milady. Ooh, Milady. I like that. Oh, and look how he tips his little hat at us. So gallant. Well, actually, it's a trilby. And wise, too. Now, if I may continue, you may think that this so-called Ghostbusters movie is a good idea, but that's just what the SJWs want you to think. SJWs? Social justice warriors. Wait, why aren't we on the side of the social justice warriors? I like social justice. Yeah, me too, and I like the idea that somebody might be out there fighting for it. No, you don't understand. Sorry, sometimes I forget who I'm talking to. Social justice warrior is an ironic label that we use to deride anyone who prizes political correctness above all else. They think everyone deserves a seat at the table regardless of cultural context. If they had their way, movies and TV shows would be filled with women, gay people, people of color, That's bad. Oh. I'm not anti any of those things. I just think the sanctity of the original creations should be preserved. If we can't respect something as sacred as Ghostbusters, then what are we even doing as a society? Wow. That all makes total sense. Thanks, Neckbeard the Mansplainer. Always happy to help. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to head home. Taking two seats on public transportation because, scientifically, that's how much space my balls need. My presence is required on Twitter. Somebody just made a statement about men that could be interpreted to apply to all men. Obviously, I need to set that straight. Obviously. Neckbeard. He doesn't care whose toes he steps on. Now take off those pants and put this dress on. He's Neckbeard. Neckbeard. The Mansplainer. What a guy. Wonder if he has a girlfriend. Probably not. He's too nice. Hi, folks. We're waist deep in this intervention and our feelings. I'm not. I think we're closing in on the real issue finally. Matt, for the last time. Nobody cares if you make up some stupid pretend fact about Kazakhstan's major imports or their great radish war or whatever. Crazy make-em-ups are not the issue here. Nor have they ever been. Not for you guys, maybe. Then what is this? Why am I tied to a chair? Matt, God damn it, you're not Paul Rudd. Finally, someone said it. You've never been Paul Rudd. You are not currently Paul Rudd. You've never asked to be a stand-in for Paul Rudd. You have never played Paul Rudd in a Lifetime television movie. You have never been in a quantum superposition where the measurement would determine whether or not you were Paul Rudd. I am like 98% confident in saying that you'll never be Paul Rudd. What? Of course I am. Look at my face. Is this not the face of Paul Rudd? Quick, name three things you were in. Ant-Man, Ant-Man Returns, and, uh... Ant-Man and Robin. God damn it. (laughs) Matt, have you no decency? Have you no respect for the sanctity of the medium of film? A medium about which I, Mark Pop Bosco, regularly produced a podcast. You see what you've done to him? (laughs) Now we have to put him in a home. What? Hey. (laughs) Shh. Bob, it's going to be okay, all right? Matt, uh, I know we don't know each other very well, but I also don't know Paul Rudd very well. 
So for all I know, you could be him. Not helping. Matt, I'm just as certain that you're not Paul Rudd as I am that I'm Miley Cyrus. One intervention at a time. Let's hear from the audience. What, seriously? Matt, this is a far-reaching problem. Uh, yes, you there. Matt, as a longtime listener, I actually bought into this whole Paul Rudd thing. I brought my son to see you at the Emerald City Comic Con, and when he saw how completely not Paul Rudd you were, well, he died of dehydration from so much crying. Jeez, that's harsh. Someone else? Matt, listen. You're not Paul Rudd. And really, if you're gonna lie and say you're a celebrity... Why wouldn't you say you're Channing Tatum? I can field this one. Sir, there's no such thing as a Channing Tatum. Stop fielding things. Anyone else? Uh, yeah. How is it that you didn't even age between Wet Hot American Summer and the new Wet Hot American Summer? I'm not familiar with these movies. Uh, it's a Netflix series, actually. That you, Paul Rudd, were in. Of course I was. The answer to your question is yes. Are we done here? Not yet. We have some additional people via satellite. Hey, one of those space ghost screens. Matt, listen to me. You are not Paul Rudd. Oh, Matt. Why am I in this intervention? Matt, you're cute. Paul Rudd's cute. But you're not Paul Rudd. Who's Paul Rudd? Matt, you are not Paul Rudd for the following in-depth reasons. You were not in the seminal 1995 teen movie Clueless, which, interestingly enough, is a loose adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, which is not to be confused with Ten Things I Hate About You, which was based off The Taming of the Shrew, an alarmingly sexist play by William Shakespeare, even by the standards of the 16th century. And the really interesting thing about Tim Curry is... Damn it, is he on every channel? So, is there a point to all of this, or do I just live in this chair now? Alright, it's time for the nuclear option. God, you're not gonna waterboard me, are you? Oh god, can we? No, if I can figure out how to get Brian off this screen, I'm gonna have the real Paul Rudd set you straight. Oh, shit. Alright, here we go. Get ready to take your medicine, Matt. Here he is, live from Earth, Mr. Paul Rudd. Al, this is that clip from Mac and me. That's right, Matt. I gotcha, because I'm Paul Rudd. Good night, everybody. Damn it, I really wanted to be Paul Rudd. Wait, does this make me Conan O'Brien? This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Nathan Lajeunesse, Caitlin Obum, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. With special appearances by Vishal Baradwaj, Robert Cooper, Terry Drozdak, Gab Drury, Brian Lynch, Kevin Lynch, Caitlin Purdy, Malvern Smloun, and Jason Stocks. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Matt Robotham and Amanda Smith. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2015.